Welcome back, digital creators, to another episode of the podcast. Are you a creative who wants to know how to work with big brands and artists? Well, in this episode, I chat to Bruce Thompson, who went from being a kid with a camera, growing up in the bush on the east coast of Australia, to living in Berlin and creating for huge brands such as Adidas, Nike, Coca-Cola, Acne Studios, and for artists such as Father and ASAP Rocky. In this episode, he shares his story and provides a lot of inspiration and insight in how you can do the same. It's pretty incredible to hear from an individual creative who has worked with companies such as these and artists as big as that. So I think you'll definitely find value in this episode. Let's jump into it. Yo, yo, welcome back to the Digital Creators Podcast. We're in the studio once again with your boy, Better Call Bruce. Welcome, Brucey. Okay, saucy white, aka Big <laughs> Um, so I'm super excited for this episode because Bruce, um, he's got a big portfolio as a creative and I want to learn how he got to connect with, um, so many big brands such as Red Bull, Nike, who else? Adidas, Adidas. Deloitte, Acne Studios, DJI, the list goes on, the list goes (laughs) on, it's huge. Um, but yeah, as a creative, I feel like we all want to have um kind of these big brands and companies behind our belts and um yeah so basically yeah give us a quick rundown of how you got here and uh kind of bit bit of your story and then let's jump into kind of how you got to work with these brands yep absolutely well i was born in australia in brisbane i grew up there outside of the bush then moved to new zealand when i was about 12 2006 and then went to high school in Wanaka in the South Island, a lot of action sports and uh, a lot of outdoorsy kind of stuff. So Is that where you, that's where you picked up the camera? In yeah, that's New where I picked up the camera. Yeah, I was about 15 then, uh, back in 2010. And uh, yeah, uh, jumped onto that and uh, didn't think too much about it. Was just out there filming different things for the interest of it. And uh, eventually got to the end of high school and, you know, you're like, what do I do next? And uh, I was with a girl at the time, dating a girl uh, called Greta from Berlin. So I uh, ended up taking the opportunity to go back over there because she wanted to study, become a doctor. So, like, you met, did you meet, meet the girl in New Zealand? Yes, in the international department. You met the girl in New Zealand, international department, and then that's how you went. You had that connection to go to Germany. Yeah, we were together for a few years. So I was like, well, screw it. Like, I'll come back over there, make an adventure of it, and uh, ended up staying, pretty much. So... Uh, Aussie guy goes to Germany, he's picked up a camera and he's learned to use it in uh, New Zealand and now how did you kind of expand into the European scene? I mean, it, it's not easy being an outsider sort of from Australia. An Auslander. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, going over to another country and then sort of making a living over there would have would have taken a few years. Oh, definitely took a few years and, uh, you know... Lucky shots can come along, but uh, nothing's really handed out like that, especially at the beginning when you you don't have anything to bring to the table. And uh, basically, I just went into every meeting with with my excitement and uh, how I'd approach it and add my flair onto it. And just, you know, when you've got no portfolio to show, and especially on the first big opportunity I had, which was fortunately with uh, Adidas, that took a while to finesse. There so was that, was your, that was your first job when you were over there? First proper job wasn't the first so like no how way. did you i want to know how you kind of you worked your way there from another country because that's quite interesting because i feel like if you're a young creative here maybe you also don't have it's kind of like mm. being in another country you don't have much of a portfolio you want to work your way up to these brands so yeah. how did you do that 
just going and shooting as much as I could, whenever I could, for whoever would pay something to do it. Yeah. And uh, I always tried to uh, respect my peers and my scene and uh, keep my prices at a level. And it's, you know, people can be very pushy. There's certain types out there that, you know, you can't blame yourself if you've been under fire, under pressure to do something for less than what you want and it's frustrating and uh, I know that feeling for sure and I was there for a while and just kept the faith and there's a lot of times where you doubt but uh, always stayed Mm -hmm. thankfully and uh, through each of these jobs which kind of started in uh, underground graffiti I went to this place called Platoon Konsula and uh, in Germany yeah in Germany this was in Berlin um, in a place called Schönhauser Alley and uh, they had a big building made out of containers. It was kind of like a hub for creatives. Mm-hmm. And uh, there I met my, my future mentor, Oliver Eikovich, uh from Austria. But he's been in Berlin since forever. He's made quite a name for himself, uh, shooting more kind of professional stuff for Vogue and whatnot. Yeah. Um, you ask the guy, though, he probably wouldn't remember any of the shit he's mm-hmm. done. <laughs> but uh, he never wrote it down. That's, that's the thing you've got you to gotta also do is write, write these down. Every little job that you do, write it down yeah. because you get a year down the track and especially as things start, you know, picking up and you're getting more and more, even if they're little things, you know, you just want to keep a list of those. And uh, I just pulled myself together enough times to keep on track with that, with that PDF document. Yeah. Yeah. So how many years would you say... Um, from or how long did it take from when you got to Germany till say that Adidas job that kind of main big job? Oh, that was a good three years. Yep, three yeah. years of work. So that was a, that was a lot of small jobs in between there. Uh, like I said, starting graffiti. So I was just going out shooting little bits and pieces. Went over to Prague and shot with this guy. I got along with well uh, Christopher Keeling. Actually, I highly suggest you check out his work. Uh, he's now selling his his content in uh, Munich. The uh, wealthier folks. Like, what do you mean, prints and uh, graffiti, prints, art. paintings? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he does a bunch That's of different really things. Cool. Yeah. yeah, he he lives and breathes it, and uh, so he yeah. earns a living off um, selling his own art. Yeah. Yep. Essentially, yep. I uh, don't know exactly what he's up to these days, but uh, that's what I remember at the time. And there was a bunch of other graffiti artists there that were quite prominent at the time, uh, but that eventually led through hip-hop and through graffiti into events and uh, live gigs and stuff like that. So I ended up connecting with a bunch of people that uh, had shows and they had small budgets and they wanted me to come do the event video and two to three minutes, which of Mm. course is less and less these days. Um, So, yeah, it was pretty much stepping into that ballpark and uh, doing the filming and the editing and the colour grading and just trying to be as hands-on with as much as I possibly could without spreading myself too thin, which sometimes happens. Yeah. Yeah. So it was pretty much two to three years of that, like little gigs, going into, like, connecting, going into kind of event scenes. A lot of events. I mean, that's what Berlin is really based on. Many might know, like, it's uh, definitely a bit of a... A Music, music, young people, young culture sort of scene there. Yeah, definitely a youth culture there, and that's why you end up with a lot of these uh, brands like Nike or Adidas doing their campaigns there and uh, uh, interviewing influencers or whatnot because they're connecting with people over in New York or LA. So, like, these, um, say, the Adidas job, for example, is that... um, the content used, is that going to be marketed towards people in Europe or like an international audience? 
It depends on the campaign. A lot of it was for uh, in Europe, but every now and then there was a job that was global. Yeah. Um, which, uh, you know, if you're filming it, you usually got other editors on it. So sometimes you see the end result, sometimes you don't. It depends what the use is for. Um, but it varies from all over the place. Uh, the first Adidas jobs I did were just for small events and uh, connected authentically with the, with the guy that was running that. And I remember it was the first Ultra Boost. When that dropped, I was at the party, uh, the send-off for that. And uh, there was a bunch of people trying to, trying to talk to this person, like a circle around this fella. And I was there for a while and I didn't want to intrude or get in there and be like the rest of them. You know, begging for an opportunity to have a have a talk, and so I got to the end, and I was about to duck off, and um, I walked past to go get a drink, and he looked at me, and he was like pointed at me over some of the people, and he was like, "I haven't forgotten, I haven't forgotten about you, you know, like we'll sort something out." And I was like, Oof. and he's he afterwards he connected me one of his guys um, that ran. Two locations in Berlin, the Adidas football base and the Adidas run base. And they were basically hubs for, you know, connecting lifestyle and their product together. Uh, I liked how they kind of reached out in the community and did those kind of things. Like there was the first proper like storyline job that you'll see on my Vimeo um, with a guy called Nada. And he was a young footballer coming up and, you know, football massive over there, you know. Uh, so there was a lot of backing for this guy and he kind of had a bit of a story behind him where he was training, he did some amazing, uh, you know, he was doing really well in his uh, his profession and uh, he had an injury, which is, you know, the doctors told him kind of type thing where he wasn't going to be able to really play soccer or to that standard at least. And so we kind of made this redemption film, like in parts, yeah. about, you know, the storyline coming up to that point and all this great stuff that was happening from the beginning, you know, the come up. And then the middle one was like that, that dose of reality, that hard hit and, uh, and bring him back down to earth and him telling himself, nah, I'm going to keep on. This is the only thing I can see myself doing. This is what I want to do. And, uh, you know, like anybody that has that, uh, that, that, that energy, you know, for what they want to do, he just kept on training he had this guy come on helping him do these exercises to recover. Uh, I think it was in the knee or something. Uh, this was a while ago. I can't remember so so great. But um, he's made it, making all these moves and he's starting to come back into the scene. Bundesliga or something like this uh, where he was just killing it once again. And uh, so we kind of made this video going to his hood. And uh, it was the same district that I was in most of the time in Berlin uh, up north. Vedding and Moabit, uh, those areas uh, start to get a little bit grim out that way. And there's a lot of block buildings, and he was in, packed into this tight apartment with his family, uh, Arabic uh, background, and, uh, yeah, just uh, hustling, coming to the to the football base every day and training with these guys and just playing football, you know. And uh, that's basically how that started. And uh, once I did a good job on that, you know, it was, they was doors kind of opened up. That was the Adidas? That one? was Adidas, yes. Okay. And then from that one video, you did a good job in that and then kind of got to connect with the other brands sort of thing through that? Yeah, there was a few things that led on from that. Uh, but I remember after I finished that video, it was two weeks later, and 
you know, you start to have those thoughts, oh, is this going to, how consistent was this? Is this a one-off, you know? You, yeah. you start questioning yourself, it's natural. And uh, uh, people from Red Bull caught me up, and um, he was like, all right, I'm not going to stuff around. Like, we love what you did on that video. Uh, we want something very similar uh, at Red Bull Studios, and uh, we don't want to, you know, F around the budget and uh, just tell us what they paid what they paid you for it. And so I gave him the numbers, and he was like, all right, I'll call you back in 30 seconds. Call me back in 30 seconds, up the budget, and uh, I was off and running. And you can imagine my excitement, as anybody would have, um, to go in there and work with some artists. I can't remember exactly who it was, but uh, there was quite a few gigs there after. But it basically, it was just going into there. I was nervous as hell, um, trying to, you know, get to know everybody. There's different languages flying around the room, which is also another element to that. But, uh, you know, just got myself in there, had some laughs with people and tried to create a comfortable atmosphere. As uh, so It was like a... Like, what, what kind of budget do these... I don't know how transparent we can be, like, how... Kind of budget, Go for it. What kind of budget, say, did Red Bull have or did Adidas have? Well, generally, what I experienced, at least, was they'd have budgets for about two and a half to three and a half thousand. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> that was a sure step up from, you know... The little little jobs. Yeah, like the little like jobs. 600 bucks or whatever. Yeah, yeah, like... So, like, especially that event period that I talked about, that was about 200, 250 if I was lucky, 400 on a really good day. Yeah, that's, like, that's what they offer for, like, kind of events. Even here, it's, like, yeah. for an event video, like, 450 or whatever, you know. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, they try and get you uh, on to do those kind of things, and that's it's a hard, it's frustrating, especially if you're doing the filming, editing, and the color grading. You're trying to manage all these different elements to it. Uh, but, you so know, yeah, you it's like a, it's, like, a proper, like, what you know, proper creators should be getting is like for, for the job sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, it gives you options to hire people around you that you trust and you know they can help add to that, that end result. And when I got that job with Nada, that football player, I went to one of my mates, which I've been scoping for a while, and he does some great music production. His name's Shumi. I think he recently changed his name. Um, and he's doing well at the moment, uh, but he, I went to him, and most people over there would be like, "All right, we've got a job, for Adidas." Like, like it's exposure, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they would run that whole car, the whole, you know. Yeah. And um, I was like, "Not nah, like I've got." Th- I was upfront with him, like I love clarity, yeah. and I was like, "Got three and a half k." Obviously, I'm doing a large part of it and like orchestrating it and all stuff. And I know that you can provide like quality sound, get those interviews together, get that sound popping just as much as the visuals. And surely enough, he did. And I was like, got a thousand bucks here for you. Yeah. You know, most people, (laughs) maximum probably two or three, 300 bucks or something, you know, uh, if you're lucky. So he went running with that. And uh, yeah, the results definitely spoke for themselves. Yeah. Cool, cool. And then, so basically, yeah, jumping in Berlin, building up your portfolio with the smaller gigs, building connections, going to these events, um, meeting people, and then that's where you got the Adidas job, and then you did, like, a good job on that, and that's where you got, like, the Red Bull job, mm. and then you just kind of, like, I guess, took off from there, would you say? Yep, absolutely. Uh, well, I wouldn't say it took off. I mean, you know, it goes up, up, down, up. Up, down, you know, like a like a graph, you know, and uh, 
you know, you still continue to have moments, even till today, you know, you, you get a few really good ones, uh, you know, the higher you go, the, the you know, harder you fall. But, uh, Do you think um, in Berlin there's more opportunity to work with those bigger brands for, if say if you're an individual creator, say like, I mean, in, in Berlin you worked with Adidas, Nike, Red Bull, um, you know, yeah, there was a Foot Locker. Yeah. Is, is there more opportunity over there? Because it's like a younger culture, more like younger focused culture than, say, here in Perth? Definitely. I mean, there's a lot of people uh, in their 20s there and even in their 30s. Over in Berlin, they say that 30s is a new 20. Mm-hmm. We always joke about that. But, um, yeah, a lot of people there around our age coming through and originally there was a large population of older folk in the city, but I don't think they could handle the ruckus mm-hmm. going on there on the streets. And, uh, yeah, so eventually, especially around the time that I was there over the last eight years, it was just a bunch of young creatives just trying to push hard and get these opportunities. And, yeah, I wouldn't, wouldn't say it was work, 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 work all the time. Like, there yeah. was a lot of play in between. Berlin's notorious for its club scene and, uh, you know, there's definitely a lot of days that uh, get put to waste. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. And... Um We'll just what made you kind of want to come back to Australia? I mean, you have you had so many good opportunities over there, looked like for many years, and you got to work with many artists. Um, oh, we didn't really go into the artists. Like, what, what sort of artists did like you work with a lot of brands? But what about you know personalities, artists, any notable people? Uh yeah, yeah, quite a few. There was uh, definitely. A large amount of artists coming through there, more so after the whole Colors from Highest to Mighty platform kind of opened up on YouTube. Um, got to work with those guys once or twice. Highest to Mighty, is that German? Uh, Highest to Mighty, oh, I it, wouldn't know. Because I was thinking, is that why I'd say... I think it's it very European and American. Like, yeah. it's a big thing in America as well. Like, all the... Sneakers. kind of like your hype beast. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's like all around, like sneakers style like you know a little bit of gossip here and there so why did that open up opportunities for the artists to go to berlin uh because they started supporting a platform called colors and it was run by these two guys philip and felix and uh surprisingly just two fellows behind it but they they had a world of so they uh, ran colors they ran colors and that was that done in supported it was that done in Berlin or was it? That was done in Berlin. Oh, yeah. so all yeah. the colour stuff is done in Berlin. That's yeah, cool. Yeah, that was on, uh, yeah, in a, in a district uh, quite central to Berlin. And it was kind of like this backyard. That's you just went through cool. this pair of doors, like residential area, and you go back into the backyard and there's usually a, a, a what do we call a Hinterhof, like a backyard. And um, there was a bunker in there, like an old bunker. And... Uh, you kind of went in there and there was a little hallway and on the left and the right, they kind of set up a space for, like, the artist to hang out and some drinks and some food. And then, you know, they have their light storage and some of the camera equipment there. And then you walk all the way through the end and there was a room that was tall but not very big. Like, they made it look a lot bigger in, in, in the Colours uh, videos. And uh, they made the most out for sure. It was all green screen, so they just changed the colour. Gotcha. I was always wondering, like, how do they do they repaint it? Like, the colours look always legit every time. Mm. Um, but that's that's cool. Do you know how that actually started? They started. Did they start with like a YouTube channel, and then they just kept inviting artists, and then they were noticed by 
Heisnerbein. Exactly. It was a slow, like, they hooked from one to the other. A lot of it was kind of more underground artists or upcoming. And uh, then eventually, you know, one or two would pop on, which were, like, quite relevant at the time. And uh, from there, it just snowballed. It just picked up pace. And, uh, you know, before you knew it, it was a very uh, commonly heard name. So, yeah, a lot of people... Travel from all over to uh, play their music on an, on an episode of Colours, and, and usually afterwards, uh, I would when the opportunities I had to work there, I would go off for the artists and you know just uh, join them on their day mm-hmm. and uh, see if I could get some sweet content and build a relationship and stuff, uh, which was interesting because growing up in the bush or, or in New Zealand, you're like you never expect to be very close to anybody that you've listened to like growing up. Uh, so that was quite overwhelming experiences and um, interesting to see whether that person's really real yeah, or well, not. Like, we'll talk to their photographer and, like, treat everybody on their team as a contributor. You know? Yeah, because that's, like, that's a pretty inspirational little story for these guys in Berlin to have this idea where they have, like, the colours and then um, have the, invite the different artists mm. down there to their, you know, to come to them rather than you know, the artist to go, you know, stay in America, whatever. Mm. And that would have, you know, as you said, attracted quite a lot of attention to Berlin. Do you know if their channel was bought out by an, a bigger company or was it still independent? Oh, I don't know. This was in the middle of their, their kind of timeline of colours. and research it. Yeah, I, I'd have no idea at this point, to be honest. But um, which, which artists in particular did you kind of work with through that? Well, there was Father was definitely the highlight one in my career, and uh, he was a real, a real kind of guy, you know, and uh, definitely had a lot of good times with this fella. Uh, he ended up coming back to, to Germany quite a few times, uh, oh, twice, twice two, or two or three more times after that, and he always hit me up uh, when he was coming through and said, hey, come like you know, do some filming. Like directly ask you to... Go film yep. and stuff. Oh, yep. that's yeah. cool. That was the difference between him and a lot of other artists, you know. Like, it was generally go through their managers or so. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm just looking at the Colors page now. Wow, 5.5 million subscribers, all these huge artists. And they started from just being a platform. Yeah, just, it was their just a little platform in uh, Berlin in a little bunker. That's Just a that's little bunker, cool. yeah, yeah. Because it looks so much bigger on the, on the original videos, and it? I think they moved into another spot now. Uh, I've heard, but uh. and um, father, yeah, he like I do. I love father's music, and he did, did always seem like a down to earth kind of character. Um, yeah, was it? It was also good, like working with him, and as he said, oh, it was awesome. Uh, like the first time uh, when I met him through Colors, and then afterwards we ended up filming in the city, and then he was going out to Splash, which is, uh, as far as I know, Europe's biggest uh, hip-hop festival. And it's based in this place where uh, they used to mine around these lakes or something. I can't remember exactly what it was, but they had these massive pieces of machinery on this, like, island. You'd kind of, like, drive down this narrow strip into the middle of this lake, and it was like this dugout pit uh, with some massive stages there. And then around the stages... They had uh, these massive cranes, like industrial cranes. Yeah. And it, it, just the feeling there, like, 
And he, he invited you out to this. Was he performing yeah. at Splash? He was performing at Splash, yes. And he was like, hey, can you come film me? I'm going to Splash. And then you'd like... Yep. And so he showed up in the van, hopped out, uh, dropped, a, dropped us off near the um, kind of centre where you have your meals and everybody hangs out and there's hammocks and all this kind of stuff going on. And other artists just walking past, you're like... Oh my god, is that Ray Strummond? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> pinch yourself for a second. And uh, yeah, a lot of uh, my friends from Berlin that run platforms uh, would be there as well uh, from the Deutsche rap scene, uh, German rap. And uh, they would have uh, obviously a large stage area for the German hip hop artists, yeah. which uh, really grew in momentum uh, over those years. Mm-hmm. And um, like for artists like Father, what kind of budget? would he have for you to go film? Would it be something similar to Red Bull? Is it still like in that kind of event? Yeah, it was so much. <laughs> no, it was barely anything, bro. Like, to be honest, it was like, you know, I wanted to go out and shoot it. And I, at the beginning, when I first did, when they asked me to go out there and do all that, uh, it was kind of like they, pre- at least his manager presumed that, you know, I would do it for free. And I was oh, not so feeling that. that sort of yeah, thing. it's still that kind of thing. Exactly. Even when even, you get up there, the you've got to be pushy. Wow, I wow. swear to God. It's better like, obviously you don't want to be known as the aggressive person, the aggressive filmmaker. You know what I mean? Yeah. But um, yeah, like I was like, well, I, this is going to be like quite a bit of work, you know? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, well, can, is it possible to get a few hundred bucks out of this? A few hundred euros? You know, expenses paid, uh, uh, food and whatnot. And uh, just to be able to focus on the job wow. again. Yeah, wow. Because, I mean, as an artist, you're getting like, mm. I don't know, I guess 10K a show depending on what festival. I mean, 10K. Come on, artists. You know, we're out there minimum. supporting you. Give us a little bit of love. At least the next generation, you know, make it a little easier on them because it's just too much stress sometimes. You know, yeah, you want to well, be in it, but what's the cost? I mean, that's surprising, like, even... When you're a creator, you're thinking like, oh, man, when I'm working for these artists, I'm going to, you know, that means I've made it. But the reality is even these big artists are going to be like, all their managers are going to be like, oh, yeah, we just come do it for free. You know, um, he's famous. And it's just like. Exactly. It's very deluded. So you're always going to, I guess, as a creative, you're always going to, they're always going to try to take advantage of you. So it's up to you to have your, that budget set and say, no, nah, this is what I work for sort of take it or leave it, know your worth sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. But I just find with artists in general through my experiences that uh, temperamental. I love you guys, but you're very temperamental. Mm. I mean, at the end of the day, they're creatives, we're creatives. It's all about creative supporting creatives. So We're all difficult to work with. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but I guess regardless, yeah. it would have been like cool to just hang out with father and mm. shoot the festival i mean um, in a way it's also investment into uh doing more jobs like that and they did happen you know that 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 carried on to to people like night lovell uh, went to berlin fashion week and filmed a bit uh on just on stage with uh asap rocky and uh so a good few other band, brand, bands and stuff like not necessarily always hip-hop uh there's a lot of other you know, genres coming through there. So you were filming ASAP Rocky on stage with him. Was that through his um, management? 
or through no, the... No, no, that was just from being, like, working at uh, Berlin Fashion Week. Oh, yeah. yeah. Which I did a few times. There was another occasion where I was just doing some filming for uh, Lee Jeans. They had a little stall there. So I was filming for them, and there was a few other occasions like that. And, like, that, for example, that content you do for Lee Jeans, um, that would be content that would be marketed towards the Berlin sort of base, so then they would kind of mm. buy Lee Jeans... In exactly. Berlin sort of thing, like yeah. they'd come through with like types of clothing that were were definitely more catered to the younger kind of streetwear scene that's uh popped up, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, you know, through all these different jobs, you meet other people, and that lead, leads on to other things. And price is a hard conversation. I yeah. think we need a whole other podcast for that one. Yeah, I guess <laughs> from one standpoint. As a creative, it's like not it's not all about the money because you you are no. passionate about it and you do like, I mean, you got to work with these artists and brands and go to these shows. And you sound like, like the person employing me. <laughs> <laughs> um, you, you got to do all this stuff, which like, you know, it it adds, it adds something it like adds to your story sort of thing and your experiences and it's it's, and it's fun and interesting. But in the other end of it, it's like your whole goal is to, like, live off it. To have yeah, I don't run off nothing. Yeah, you know what I mean? Exactly. That'd be fantastic. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, you got to eat and you you got to have your, your downtime and you got to be able to pay rent. Yeah. Sometimes. 100%. Um, and something that, like, I noticed from you, which I want to kind of learn more, is is that um, you do have you, – you're not afraid to, like, set a price, you know what I mean? Say, hey, this is what – it's going to cost, but then you do do a lot of like background um, research, planning, preparation. Um, so how did you kind of build that confidence to be able to set your prices, um, you know, at that, that good rate, you know, and not through kind of back beaten. down. Through being beaten. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I thought <laughs> <By> so. The, <laughs> that's kind of what I, I figured. And you get to the point and you're like, I've been here before. Yeah, I I'm should probably change this. Yeah, no, that's, that's kind of the same as me. You just make that mistake, you take the job for that cheap rate and you're just like... You just you start to have flashbacks. Never, yeah, never again. You're just like, no, nah, I know what this is like. It's like PTSD from war, you know? You just start yeah, to have flashbacks. 100%. The guns and the shellings and shit. And uh, you eventually, like, step out of that after they ask you the question. You're like, mm, I'm going to need this amount. So, yeah, it takes, it takes time and I guess... Once you've had those little experiences where it's like, oh, if you work with me, mm. you know, you get exposure and that little creator is like, yeah, yeah, that sounds awesome. And then you just like, once you've done that that many times and then you've kind of like taken those many hits, you're just like, nah, it's not not really for me. You can handball it off to another little creator if you want, but this is my price. Exactly. Take- I mean, once you got that under your belt, like it's all about, I would say, break to break it down, it's all about... Being able to say no, that's the strongest thing that you have in, in our, you know, industry. And, but you've got to have that runway, you know, you've got to have that space to be able to say that. You've got to have that money in the bank to be like, <laughs> But it's, no, it's ASAP Rocky. Don't you want to do it for free, ASAP Rocky? Yeah, yeah, I'd love that. <laughs> I'll bring all, all 6,000 euros worth of my, my equipment and my editing set up and everything that I've been breaking my back over for the last five years and yeah you know there's that time pressure and you see people around you especially with this area of instagram you see people like younger like do it 
and then sometimes is older. But I feel like, from my experience, talking to a lot of different people in the scene, high and low, um, it's just about building that content at the beginning and that experience and then knowing when to... You've got to have a mentor. you just got to have somebody to bounce back off, you know, which is hard in some places, especially like here in Australia. There's not as much of that scene as there is over there, obviously. And um, well, yeah, just tell, reach me, out. tell me that the difference between being a creative in Berlin and being a creative in Perth, like, because um, the way I'm imagining it now is Berlin's very like more tight knit, and there's it is it is it feels like it would be a more creative young scene, lots of people to work with, lots of people to bounce ideas off with. This is just my assumption. And then in Perth, it's more like more isolated city. We've got creators, but we're not really connecting. Um, we've got you know, a few brands and uh, we've got like JD Sports and Foot Locker and stuff, but it's just like harder to connect with it, connect with those sort of people. Maybe they're outsourced to like other states or other places to get their content. Yeah, like just tell me what your perspective is on the difference between Berlin and Perth. Mm. Well, Berlin straight up is an international city. You've got lots of flow through there. It's in Europe, one of the densest places in the world and... You know, the, the it's content... It's a big, bigger culture there for yeah. sneakers, brands, hype. Yeah, absolutely. And in Perth, it's the, it's the world's most isolated city, like proper city out here. So there's going to be that struggle. But for, for me, coming back here after doing that and, and, and you know, laying down some, some groundwork uh, for my heading into my future, I, I wanted to come back and I've seen uh, Australian hip-hop and music popping off. A lot of people will laugh, but... Uh, Deutsche Rap was at the same point a long time ago, and now it's one of the third biggest uh, hip hop cultures in the world. So that's um, German, basically German rap. German rap, which has yeah. its uh, third biggest in the world. So that means like US number one, UK, UK like Grime, Drool. Yep. Last time I checked. Last time I checked. No, that's that's how I see it as well. Like yeah, obviously US. That's where hip hop originated from. That's mm. number one. Then UK scenes like. That's been blown up recently. Mm. It's a bit like, um, I mean, originally they had like Wiley. It's more like the grime scene. Now it's more like uh, Skepta's huge. Mm. Now he's up there with like ASAP Rocky and stuff. So UK. Yeah, and we relate a lot closer with the UK than we do with America. Yeah. You know, so it's like that's why you know, like 1114 came up in the first instance. A lot of people are like, so oh, who's 1114? 1-4 is a hip-hop group coming out of... Sydney, I believe, 27th district yeah. uh, on the Outer West. And uh, they st- uh, there, they just, uh, I don't know how they got their first hit out there. I'm pretty sure it was, it was the message. That, I mean, that was the original track. And I, it just picked up, I think it picked up a lot of speed on, on Twitter and uh, places like that. And people from the UK and America started, popped up, you know, on their feeds and whatnot. And uh, before long, it was just everybody wanted to know, and Vice hopped on that train pretty quickly and made a documentary. I think it was uh, oh, their second song, Shanks and Shivs. And, uh, yeah, they were, like, behind the scenes filming filming them um, do that whole music video with Maxed Out Films or something, I believe. And when I saw those videos, I was so hyped. I was showing... All my mates in Berlin. One of my best friends, uh, Marius Moorhart, um, uh, uh, what's his name? 
32-bit bad man on Instagram. He does some amazing artwork and stuff. I highly suggest you go check out his stuff. He's leading in VR and, you know, just king of the nerds. And, uh, yeah, he was the person to show me uh, one for the message on a car ride to Hamburg when we were going to go shoot a show over there uh, with an artist friend of mine, John Known. And um, I didn't think much of it at the beginning. I was like, oh, oh, yeah, okay. And then after a week or so, I was like, oh, man, what was that song? What was that song? You know, like all the best ones yeah. are. You listen to it, you don't think much of it, and then you come back around to it, and you can't stop listening to it. And um, So you think, um, are you trying to say that Australian hip-hop is coming in at number four? Yeah, I believe the last time I checked that um, the Australian hip-hop or drill was uh, was like very popular up there. I believe it was number four. but Because, uh, yeah, you've got... Say, chilling it, who's he's making it on like make it big on the charts. Looks like he's breaking internationally. Mm. Um, I think he's from Sydney. Yeah, he's like he's definitely making a way for you know, other hip hop artists. Yeah, as soon as I checked out, as soon as I saw the whole one four thing, I was very quickly on to seeing like who other people, who, who are some other artists that are, that are popping off or working really hard and on the right track that um, you know. I've seen a lot of artists in, in Berlin over those seven years, you know, just start in the same area as me and, you know, it's just like the guy down the road that is a local rapper or whatever and uh, you'd be surprised what things can pop off. Um, so, come, I guess, coming back to yeah, come back. the question, I don't know how we talked about hip-hop, I think it was, Point it back. <laughs> it was Berlin versus Perth. Yep. You were saying that... Um, yeah, we we're talking about the, you know, tight knit community, creative community, more young people brands, and you were saying that the Deutsche, the German hip hop scene, kind of brought in a lot of attention to absolutely, and I can see the so same thing why. happening here. And so you think like that music scene is very important, say for Perth, if we have like some artists that make mm. it big, then there's going to be more attention on Perth. I guess it is that distance thing is very hard to get over and we'll never technically get over it mm. because Berlin is closer to the US, I think. It depends what cards you <laughs> hold, you know what I mean? Closer to the UK, Europe scene, so it's mm. a bigger scene where we're kind of like isolated, I guess. But Absolutely. I mean, you see most of the artists, uh, a lot of them don't make it out here on their tours or so. And, but when they do... Well, well, when I was living in Europe, at least, I saw a lot of good feedback from artists and heard a lot of good things about when they would play shows over in uh, Australia, the crowds would just go wild, like one of the wildest places. Mm. And uh, so I know people over here, they get they get crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so the but difference mostly is that yeah, yeah. attention. Yeah, I would say, yeah. But, I mean, with the internet now, anything is possible, really. Like, you get the right video out there and, you know, you can reach out to artists in other places and see if they get back to you. I mean, at the beginning of my career, I was sending so many emails and the amount that I would get back compared to the amount that I'd send out was yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. And it would be the same for artists, you know. I, I always saw myself my, as as a freelancer in filmmaking all around and, and I saw myself as very similar to... Uh, like music musicians and whatnot, they kind of dealt with yeah. the same issues. And uh, how do you yeah. do you think uh, creatives? How do you think and how 
do you think Perth creatives can connect with these kind of bigger brands? I mean, we do mm. have, say, stores like JD Sports, Hype, you know, sneaker, sneaker stores. Um, but say brands like big brands like Adidas, Puma, I've seen a few creatives kind of work with them. It's probably like a similar mm. sort of thing to Berlin, I guess. Absolutely. Um, there was a few platforms there like 16 Bars or Hip Hop DE. Uh, their magazine and whatnot. But these were the platforms even back in the day when you had the original Berlin hip-hop artists like Sidu and stuff that kind of paved the way. Uh, they were all the artists that I know, they're reaching out to these kind of platforms, um, whether they were new or just getting established or well-established. And I found, you know, artists that really did it well, they knew at what point to do that because obviously you don't want to come to them with some real rookie shit. But um, they'd reach out, get themselves on some sort of episode they were doing or, or a podcast, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, do a little live performance and uh, they would uh, pick, up some, pick up some momentum from that. And, uh, yeah, and I think that's the same way you should go about it in Australia. Like there's the, what, what's uh, uh, that 24 karat guy, Kevin? Uh, yeah, you mean 24K Golden? Yeah, uh, uh, what was it? What, Australian artist? That platform, um, something deep. I'm not sure what you mean by platform, like... Like artists that go on have interviews with... Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, like a media platform. Yeah, unfortunately in Perth, there's like, I guess we have, we have magazine, online magazines that kind of do that sort of thing. So that's, Mm. I guess, where opportunities can come in but we don't kind of have a you know say Mm. colors for example we don't have like a youtube it's very people aren't kind of onto it i guess i'm trying Mm. to make something here with district Mm. um yeah i mean that's what you got to do is jump on platforms like district for instance you know what i mean and and walk into offices and just have a general chat with people and uh you know show them a bit of this and that and just uh, connect just jump in basically yeah because that's why like coming back to perth that's why i wanted to be here i, I get this west coast vibes like this la vibe like the whole definitely feeling. we have a, we definitely have an la vibe here it's kind of like a fresh piece of paper there's like it's not all scribbled on and shit like that and it's kind of like there's a lot of room for a lot of new things so i think anybody in perth right now you know pushing at that and they They've been pushing it and they feel like, you know, it's not going anywhere. Just it's, just like, it's almost like it. the perfect place for a big brand instead of investing your money in, say, like Sydney or US. If you invested that in Perth, you're going to get like such a good return because there'd be so much hype. Hmm. Say like, I don't know, Logitech did like a skateboarding competition or whatever in Scarborough to promote. I don't know, new headphones or something. Exactly. You'd get you such a good return. But, like, unfortunately, there's not much of that. It's just, like, I mean, there's so much opportunity here for brands and creatives, and I think it it's probably is just a matter of time. But I guess if you're a creative, as you were saying, just do sort of the same thing. Go out, connect, mm. collaborate as much as possible. So if you want to work with, like, JD Sports or Foot Locker or something, just, like, Send out emails, see if you can do like some free content for them, shoot shoot the content to them. Yeah, and they want to engage. They want to engage. Yeah. They want to connect their brand to the roots. 
and especially with the youth culture or so. And, uh, you know, there's a few people here doing that. When I had my quarantine here around Christmas, I, all I could do was sit on my computer. So I was just researching the shit out of Perth and who was in the... I'd what did you find? find? What did you find and what did you think? Well, the first person I came across was um, uh, Napoleon 6-1. And I'm heavily into drill. And uh, if you hadn't noticed, real music, yeah, yeah, and uh, he was doing some impressive stuff, and there were some things in the works, and uh, you know, there's that that one filmmaker here, uh, Just Play Media, yeah, and he's been providing videos for a lot of these artists, shout and giving out them Just a platform, yeah, for, yeah, shout out Just Play, and uh, hope to connect one day, and uh, you know, giving these people a, a, a music video and putting it out there into the web, and you never know who's going to see it, right? And, uh, yeah, started following what was going on there. Met um, a guy from called Carlo from uh, 6K. Uh, he's got a TV show at the moment called CCTV that he just started up. And uh, So you gotta, you got to give me some background on this artist. So six He's not an artist. He's, he's just very passionate about managing artists here in the scene. He also sees the potential. We've had a few talks, uh, a few occasions with Cross Paths um, about the scene and what artists here are doing and the potential and, and whatnot. Uh, I mean, some, uh, some artists, you can't, you can't give it to them if they don't want it. You know what I mean? And um, sometimes your words fall on deaf ears. But uh, if you keep on pushing, you're going to find artists that are so hungry to, to do content. And he's created this platform, this, this CT, CCTV, uh, in the studio with these artists like Daunt, uh, producing with Lavelle. Lavelle? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry for mispronunciation, if so. And uh, they're making some amazing music that if I were to listen to uh, without knowing they're from Perth, I would expect they're from some otherworldly place, you know, delivering music at a certain professional level. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's numerous other artists. It's not one or two. There's quite a few artists out here in Perth doing some major moves, and it's just a matter of time before that starts to pick up. And uh, like so you, Shadow... You, you think, just from what I'm getting from what you're saying, is basically if we're talking about brands that kind of want to get into the youth culture scene, mm. it's mostly through music culture um that kind of bring interest so mm. um you've so got to have a balance i think you should reach out to commercial companies if you're a filmmaker especially uh keep everything broad because people want to see that broad uh, portfolio and uh you know that you've got different angles on things yeah yeah um but yeah through say we've got a lot of good artists here got a lot of good music videos i guess if say Adidas, Adidas or Footlocker or whatever, even I've seen, I have seen some artists like uh, Young JC, who's kind of big on social media and TikTok. I think he's had some sponsorships. The Perth artist. Yeah, yeah, he's had some sponsorships from JD Sports. Not so much in the music videos, mm. but I think that's probably what. I mean, that's what they should be doing. Mm. But there is that, um, that kind of, you know. These young artists bring that culture and then these brands want to work with them. Yeah, creating gigs and so where they're, you know, putting together something like that on a scale and they line up a few artists or one artist for a live performance or so. I mean, that happened a lot in the earlier days when I was um, in Berlin. It was just little gigs and people putting it together out of the passion. 
and uh, that's what's going to happen here for sure. Yeah. It's where it's starting, and I can see things starting to flourish a bit more and people going, hey, I'm not going to wait until an opportunity comes to me. I'm going to make that opportunity. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much, that's a lot, if not, <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of creatives here. Um, I mean, they're just doing it for themselves, doing it for the passion, and then hoping, I guess, one day yeah. they can make an income from it. I'm just wondering, is there the same problem in Berlin as here, which is where an artist, for example, you can become big here in mm. Perth and say you're getting played on the local radio stations, mm. you, you're selling tickets at local shows, mm. but then that kind of becomes your either your comfort circle or you like can't break out of that Perth scene. That becomes your income thing. Absolutely. If, if you try go any further, you're going to lose maybe your local fan base but you don't want to be stuck in that absolutely i was just thinking about that before like sometimes a few artists get opportunities they get to a certain level but they get complacent you know and i feel like especially in any creative industry you just got to keep on pushing no matter your age or whatever it may be or, or where your where your destination is you know what i mean where you where you where your city is you know you got to represent your spot and you know not pretend that you're from somewhere else add your flavor to it what i think yeah and some artists that i've kind of really been i've noticed and like i fucking love their music and i've been really rooting for them is um uh who's who's the drill artist from perth uh shadow yeah well you know i don't think he associates himself with drill but uh he does all or around hip hop, more like but, grime but yeah he's been making Australian some drill grime grime, grime like influence Beats lately, like one of my favorites, Russell Coit and oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Mahi and stuff, like some awesome, some awesome. Like he's really got his own sort of sound and he's not being like too comfortable in Perth. He's like mm. breaking out of that, you know what I mean? Yeah, and he's doing trips over to the East Coast, of course, but he he, he reps Perth hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From what I've seen. Yeah, 100%. He reps the culture hard, even if mm. in his videos. And um, I've, that's actually something that I've seen you have been interested in as well understanding the culture of Perth, mm. which is, like, so interesting to me because even growing up here, I'm like, do we have a culture? And then it, it took me so long to realise, oh, yeah. okay, we actually do have a culture. And from my perspective, we're, we're almost very, it's like it's like suburbia kind of, um, well, there's kind of two sides to it. There's almost like one side is like a sort of more punk, punk scene, more like fashion, chains, like, I've heard whispers of the punk scene here. Yeah, it's like punk, uh, more like wearing chains with like locks and more, um, I guess, edgier sort of textured clothing, which is more like, I guess, fashion scene. And then we've also got, um, and, and it ties into it as well, more, yeah, suburban kind of Aussie um kind of proud like a bogan but not like like a proud australian sort of bogan i call it steve and mixed with hip-hop yeah yeah like <laughs> very yeah hip-hop yeah i guess um but yeah we do we definitely do have our own culture and i've been trying to discover it through photography as well and yeah and instagram you know like geez you can like suggested friends and stuff I, that's how I was doing it in quarantine, like through Spotify or Instagram. I'd find one artist through a, a, through a, a 
a vlog or, or some sort of, what would you call it? Like a, oh, brain's emptied itself. <laughs> um, like somebody who's done a piece or an article on, uh, on a certain artist. And uh, the first person I think I came across was, like I said, Napoleon. And soon after that, uh, Shadow and I went straight onto their Instagrams, hit them up, you know, got a message back straight away. And, uh, of course, it was coming up to New Year's, so people were pretty unavailable coming up to that point. So I had to hold in there and hold my excitement. And, uh, yeah, basically got in contact with those guys, started talking, who do they know, hitting that suggested friends button and then seeing who would pop up and going to check out other people's pages. And you never knew. You never know who you're going to be looking at, you know what I mean, down the track. Could become a good mate. Who knows? And uh, that's just... The way that I went about it was coming back here and, and applying everything that I learned from Berlin was just straight up reaching out to people. This is what I can offer. This is what I'm interested in. Let's sit down, have a conversation. And there's going to be some people that um, they'll be difficult to meet up with. And uh, some of them will be excellent. Some people you got to hold hold in there. And, and even though there'll be a rain check or two, you know, you, you hold in there and there's some people that are good. And then there's some of them that just not enthusiastic like that like i said before you can't you know force information on somebody if it's going to fall on deaf ears yeah you know uh so you got to choose your battles and who's the most consistent and uh, who comes through all the time you know and uh, eventually you can break that down yeah um as a yeah so as a creative in Perth, um, what like? What are my future ambitions as well? Yeah, like how, how yeah, are you gonna how are you gonna approach like working as a creative in Perth? What's your kind of strategy? Well, it's a new it's a new level to the game. Well, actually, sorry, map. sorry. I want to I want to go back because <laughs> I, I was telling you about my my yeah. view of the culture in Perth. Yeah. Like, what what's your view of Perth culture? I think. Like I said, uh, like we were talking about, there's a lot going on here, but it's just having the right people, like managers or so, super important, people that are connecting and setting up people to play at a show or getting them connected with somebody who wants to write an article or, you know, just getting out there with your camera and a day in the life. I love that. I love that. Like how many people on YouTube, like... <laughs> All of YouTube these days is like, hey, just film myself. I'm out here doing this, you know. I'm with so-and-so and, -so and uh, we're going to be having some fun in the studio now, for instance. And, uh, you know, just showing what it's like in their world, no matter how small or how big. Yeah. And uh, that's why I'm sussing here and it takes some time. And uh, I'm finally getting a bit more steadier grounds. And compared to Berlin, where everything's shut down right now because of COVID, God bless, God bless Perth. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's, we've got opportunities here to, to do something instead of just sitting inside your house, you know, just burning time. And uh, so I'm trying to see who's out there doing stuff and uh, seeing how I fit into that um, and if I can help out in any way and just, you know, Trying to meet the right people. Mm -hmm. Teamwork makes the dream work. 
And um, something that I've seen with your photography and videos, because I always like seeing people that come from like an international sort of scene when they come to Perth, they're taking photos, a different thing. Like your location scouting here is like next level in my opinion. I don't know if you're, you're seeing these locations on Instagram or you're just researching them, but just the, the different scenes, even just the stuff mm. you've put on your Instagram stories, it's like such cool locations. And then like every time I'm just like, damn, where is that location? I've never seen it before. How do you figure out that? <laughs> how, do you, how do you find <laughs> that? You've done some uh, portraits for like a rapper I've seen and like, spot in Maylands like it looks very urban and mm. yeah, you've got just a good eye so how do you go about scouting locations well I don't even have a car yet so every time I get a trip in somebody's car my head is on a 360 swivel and I'm just naturally looking for spots it's like when I was growing up in, in New Zealand uh, I was riding motorbikes and I'd just do little trips with my family and so and I'd be have my head out looking out the window like trying to spot jumps and stuff same thing, you know, like skateboard. He's going to be looking for that sweet skate park, you know, like, oh, that'd be a sweet spot to film that trick, yeah, you know, yeah. and just that that passion. And uh, so I'd, I'd just be looking for spots and trying to figure out the geography of Perth and, you know, what areas have what. And, like, like you were talking about Maylands before, like I went down that, that one road, I think near the East, East Perth Power Plant, and... Uh, there's like the Buddhist temple thing going on there and like uh, on the corner down the street from there, there was like a little spot that I shot at uh, for an artist a little while ago and it looked like some old Mexican kind of like old petrol station out in the middle of nowhere and it's all about angles. That's what it was in Berlin. There wasn't like all these unknown spots. Everybody knew the spots. Even if it was something that was recently built, people would jump onto that and it just became who could shoot that spot differently. Yeah, and every time I went to one of these spots, not that I'd try and shoot, I'd always be looking out for new spots myself. Uh, like, what angles can I take on this that is going to be something that is going to be the best angle from that spot? You know, trying to you know get that high score on 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 that spot. And uh, like skateboarders, you know, you find a spot, you want to hit the best tricks on it, film the best line. And uh, so that's what I'll be doing here with the filmmaking. I'll be making a list. I take a screenshot on my phone. Uh, give away some game here on on Google Maps straight away because obviously I'm not asking everybody to stop stop stop. It's a good spot. Yeah, it's a good yeah. spot. So I'd screenshot it straight away. I'd circle it on my phone, uh, save it into my screenshots folder. Later on, when I had some time on my laptop, I would organize that into Google Docs and just kind of make a menu. And even these methods, I was just kind of sick of expecting everybody I met to. They're not looking out for spots. You know yeah. what I mean? That's like, you've got to be looking out for that yourself if you want to do the best con. I know you say, oh, that's another job. But hey, that's what it is these days. You've got to do so much more for so much less. And mm -hmm. that's the most frustrating thing that puts people on their breaking breaking point. Yeah, true. It is. That's, yeah, that's kind of what I do as well. But I guess, um, do what you uh, do. yeah, a tip, a tip that I have for you guys is, if you have someone like an international photographer or something, go and hang out with them because they see the city in a whole different perspective, a whole different way, and they might even uh, see a, sh a spot that you've shot before and um, they'll just shoot it in a new way. Yeah, just hanging out with passionate people. And, yeah. you know, they'll be, they'll be looking for 
spots or whether a producer will be looking for that new sound to put in their beat or like, you know, yeah. just it, it snowballs and you just got to kind of break away from looking at Instagram too much or so on. Uh, talking of Instagram is probably another uh, method that I used to find spots was when I first came and I was in quarantine, I couldn't go anywhere. I was on the hashtags like abandoned buildings, brutalist spots, you know, uh, trying to scope out the city before I was even walking around it. And uh, through that, you'd find all the all the spots you need in no time. And you think, oh, going to Berlin, there's so many dope spots and, you know, you couldn't do what you do over there here. No, totally wrong, totally wrong. You just got to understand the way of shooting in a whole other place, you know, like the sunsets here. Like I said before, it relates very much to what the content that I'll see popping out of LA. Yeah, yeah the yeah. evening sunset, the palm trees, the beach, you know, the sounds, you know, people outdoors. Yeah, the West sort of. Vibes. Exactly. Yeah, the West Coast kind of vibes, best coast. And uh, yeah, there's so much opportunity here for a great aesthetics. And uh, if things can be put together correctly, like camera, sound, all that, you know, coming back to the Adidas job that I first did, that was my concentration. I want to have all things up i wasn't like oh i want to take this big fat paycheck it's my first one i saw all this an opportunity to can go long term you know maybe somebody else will see that and they did and uh that's what's can happen here for any anybody you know to be honest you think anyone has those opportunities not everybody a lot of it comes down to personality i'd say and uh just carrying yourself in the right way, being respectful to other people and um, not forcing yourself on situations or pushing people, just let things be how they are, which can be frustrating when, you know, you're in the beginning of your career and you just want to hit it, you know? Yeah. Um, that's why I said you just got to find those right people that, are like, you can hit up, oh, i got nothing to do today. Oh, me too, all right, let's go and, like, shoot something. Let's go and make a beat. Let's, you know... Whatever it takes. Yeah, connect. Or I guess connect. Yeah, exactly. That's that's my other question, which is if you you had so many opportunities there, you built connections over many years in Berlin. Um, you know, you had your portfolio there. Mm. Why? Um, I guess you moved here just after twenty twenty, or uh, I moved. Yeah, you know, I got I got word that I was able to book a flight four days before. I've been trying to get out of Berlin the whole last year. It was a plan before COVID even. So there's no plans of going back yeah. or anything like that. That was the dream was to come back. and So something kind of like something must have happened in, tw- like, I mean, well, obviously COVID happened in 2020. Was that, did that kind of really mess you up over here enough to make you say, no, I've got to, I've got to move, I've got to make moves sort of thing? Was it that the no, main reason? Not at all. I made that decision last Christmas when I came through and saw family and, you know, I'm 27 uh, maybe it's still young, uh, but, uh, you know, parents and family getting older and that's something that's important to me. So I wanted to be close, uh, which Perth kind of isn't really to New Zealand still, but, you know, a lot closer than Berlin. So that was the main that was the main thing for me. And, uh, yeah, from that I just took up everything else as a challenge. New place, new people, new opportunities and uh, a fresh, you know, a clean sheet to... to make my mark on and hopefully, you know, be a part of something bigger and But contribute. to leave to leave all that behind, all those connections behind, it's quite a 
I mean, as a filmmaker, it's almost like it's a dream to have that portfolio and those connections. And finally in Berlin, you sort of have it. Absolutely. And, you know, you gotta, you got to choose where you want to be and why you want to be there. And like I said, for me, family is an important thing. So it's more, yeah, more important. Yeah, yeah. And I know that I've proven to myself at this point that if I want to do something badly enough, I can make it happen anywhere. And, of course, there's going to be... Uh, there's going to be obstacles and there's going to be certain social situations and, and whatnot, but uh, you just got to keep a calm head about you and uh, think clear. It's the most important thing. Don't let your emotions get to you, uh, as hard as that is for some of us. Uh, a lot of creators are very, I'd say, emotional people. I'm sure Harry can agree with me. Mm-hmm. And it's just about like understanding yourself better over over the period of your career and uh, especially with such a challenging thing like this when you want to work for yourself and everything's on you then uh, you know you've got to make it work somehow and so you're confident you can do exact same thing that you did in Berlin and do I'm it confident. in Perth yeah yeah 100% confident yeah not going to be able to do the same things that I would be able to do in Berlin but uh, yeah, the I same opportunities but I can create those because I've seen it over there I've seen the recipes and uh, I'm basically here to Anybody I'd cross paths with, you know, I'll, I'll give them that enthusiasm and that push that you don't have to be in a in L.A. You don't have to be in New yeah. York or whatever it may be that you think you need to be at to get those opportunities. Um, you know, I always thought when uh, when I was coming up and what would drive me is I have, I've got some good opportunities compared to most and uh, I always thought maybe there's some kid out there that's like, Parents barely have the money to, you know, do anything and opportunities are at the bare minimum. But he's so passionate that, uh, you know, somehow he's got together a laptop and a little crappy camera or whatever. It's a camera nonetheless. And goes out there and films and edits it and puts it together. And as you've seen from the previous year or two, like there's been a lot of styles uh, come out of uh, artists, filmmakers come out of hip-hop or other scenes that have kind of brought their style to the table. Maybe it's like trashy, kind of like VHS style and yeah. um, or something else like that. And uh, they just run with it and people start to notice and eventually you get to the point where you make something that's going to pop off to a degree. And what, uh, kind of, what kind of brands do you kind of have in your sites here in Perth? Well, is it more like... Sneaker stores like before, kind of like, yeah, because I'm I'm understanding my strong suits. I'm more of a lifestyle like documentary culture, kind of person. Yeah. I love following people around with the camera and giving the authentic side of things and giving people that insight that they wouldn't generally have. So that's what I want to come in here and do and just be around those right circumstances and put it together and like approach, you know, a group such as JD or whatever, and say like, here's a pitch that I've got. This is another, these are other things you have to work on as well. It's like your pitching and like how you have phone calls with people. Yeah, take us, take us through your, because what I've noticed with Bruce's work, he's very big on pitching and uh, even once he gets a job, he's big on planning it properly, like the pre-preparation. So yeah, take us through your methods for pitching and also once you got the job, um, I'm sure our audience would love to hear how you kind of pre-plan uh, the pre- like pre-plan the, the production before you actually execute it. Yeah. Because um, it's something I've seen you do very well. Absolutely. And I kind of like 
for a long time. I didn't have anybody to look up to or to ask these kind of questions, so I just went about it myself. And uh, eventually I got to my own formula and my own process, which essentially was, you know, if you want to approach companies and make money, uh, which if even if you want to work in the art scene or whatever and do these videos which with people that you know, realistically... If they're independent artists, they're not going to have that backing to pay you well. You're not going to be able to make a great living off that. So you want to give yourself the space and the time to be able to do the things you want to film. And, uh, you know, maybe they might turn to something. But first of all, you've got to take care of that money, right? So all the artists out there are thinking. And so the way I'd go about it is uh, emailing a bunch of them, a certain pitch I'd put together, whether it's on Google Slides, InDesign or whatever. That's what I noticed a lot of the big productions uh, over in Berlin using. Yeah, just a document. Because a lot of the – you think about it, a lot of these people in, in commercial businesses, especially a lot over here, they're very – they're not your hipper brands like Adidas or so. They're not going to have people working in certain departments that are focused on understanding those scenes. And, uh, for instance, like maybe there's a mining group you know, a lot of these guys, they're not going to know. That's why they hire big agencies and so. So it's hard for you to get in your foot into the big money as a freelancer. So I don't like to get stuck to one thing. And uh, so I would, I just decided to start doing it myself and making the pictures myself and looking at the documents and stuff that agencies were sending between each other on, on jobs like Adidas or Nike and uh, just kind of breaking down how they pitch to a client and kind of like keywords or like how to uh, structure, you know, step one, this, step two, step three, you know, uh, into making that pitch come to reality. And since I've got an all-round understanding from technical, nerdy, lens, camera side of it through to, to speaking with people and trying to get them to at least get an interest in your work and maybe give you the... The, a small budget at the beginning to just try doing something. And um, so the best way to do that over here with these kind of companies that aren't as in the know uh, is to, since you're in the know and you're into it, you might as well be the one to pitch it because you're going to have the most enthusiasm. So like I said, you start in, in the docs or slides or, or InDesign or whatever and you start with that title and you put together some nice fonts and nice design. There's lots of videos on YouTube where... Certain people, uh, certain platforms, uh, like a good one would be The Future. Uh, that's based from this guy called Chris in Long Beach, California. Uh, he has a, a agency, a creative agency called Blind. They work with some really big clients out there. He breaks down all these, all these uh, ways to talk to clients and how to get better rates and uh, questions to, like uh, answers to all the questions that I would have at least. And just help you go, oh, okay, yeah, I'll change that and see if that works better and just refining your processes. And so basically get back to the point, like I would then email them, I'd send it through. If I can, I would try and find somebody a bit more personal, like a connection or through somebody or, you know, you never know who you're going to run into. Um, like the other day I was talking to I found a friend of a friend at, uh, at What If on Friday nights in Paramount in Northbridge. Uh, there was a fella, he works for uh, foot, uh, Athlete's Foot. And, uh, you know, they're a bit more, less kind of young branding. They're more about the sports. They're more yeah, yeah, yeah. commercial and, and and so on, you know. Like their demographic goes up to older folks getting their runners or whatever it may be. 
And so I was like, well, maybe you can talk to your manager. Is there possible? Would you know anybody, you know, like asking these questions, like prodding at it a little bit, you know, but not putting too much pressure on it, just see what come out of it and getting out there into the scenes talking to people like this. And, uh, you know, you get that email, you get that connection, you try to just follow up, give them a ring, you know. First I'd always try and send an email with one of these pitches and uh, just see if they pick up on that, if there's anything that interests them. And, you know, they've got, they're busy. These people are busy. They don't, like, you know, they're not thinking about your pitch all the time. It's like, do, like, even these, these uh, I see these companies, these stores, uh, athletes, foot, whatever, like, where are they advertising? I'm pretty sure they just hire your typical um, run-of-the-mill ad agency who just yep. pushes up a picture and they just link it to a Facebook ad. Like, they're not even doing much, but they're probably getting paid, like, I don't know, four grand a month or whatever it is to, like, market these huge stores. Um, whereas, like, if they even gave a quarter of that to a local creator and then put an ad behind that, they could just get even more profit but i guess in perth these stores don't want to risk anything they don't want to put anything in the hands of a young creator so that's kind of see that's what i see the problem being um but i guess yeah your plan is just put together a pdf document mm. which is important who you are the brands you've worked with description of what you want to do what your focus is examples of your work then you email it out to these um stores companies jd sports athlete's foot, whatever, and um, make sure it's customised to their kind of target audience, niche. Absolutely. Just get that interest. It's like they say at the three-second rule when somebody comes onto your website, they're going to make the decision to continue looking at it or your Instagram, whatever it may be. That's why content's so short and snappy. So you've got to get that interest and show them you're serious about it straight away. And I know it can feel like, you know... Uh, you know, being a bit of a bigot or whatever, like, oh, I'll put my, oh, this brand in there, out there. But, uh, you that's know, they what, just want to see that see. you're serious about it. Yeah, they, they, they want to see who you work with. And, um, mm. yeah, that's what I've seen. Bruce is really good at making that whole PDF pitch document. And then once you do get the work, um, even for the smaller videos, you rarely plan it out. You plan each, say, if it's a video, whether it's a video for a company or an artist, you rarely put together a visual mood board and um, plan down each mm. kind of step, which um, I see a lot of young creators kind of skip over and I see why because in the scene here in Perth, people are like, oh, yeah, just, just go out and film it. This is what I want, blah, blah, blah. Mm. However, if you want to have that confidence to put behind the that larger price tag, this is where you can say, well, it's going to cost this because I'm going to put in that pre-production work and really plan it out with you do the preparation work, which unfortunately people don't care too much for even when you're hired. But like it's personally, that's what I love to do as well because then each, the client has is crystal clear in what's happening. You're crystal clear. You're both happy on the focus and you have like a better product. Um, that's kind of what I see. Yeah, the more confident they are in you, the more they're, they're, they're going to be confident about giving you more of a budget. You know, yeah, you just so want to make your client feel as comfortable as possible, and so they understand the visuals of what you're trying to achieve. And so, mood boarding or making a treatment or a brief or a pitch or whatever you want to do, 
that's the bottom line is first getting that interest on the first few pages and showing that you know you've got some design aesthetic and these are the brands you've worked for before and you know throw your best ones in there make sure it's broad from like maybe some commercial groups through to like maybe some more youth kind of orientated brands and and show that diversity in your content then the next part of the page will be like this is my idea you know and this is i've done my research on your company and these seem to be one or two things you are lacking like you got to go in there and risk a little bit so this is one of the pitch you're giving an introduction who you've worked with then you're giving a customized pitch saying this is where you're lacking and this is where i can come in that's kind of the pitch thing and then once say you do get the job then um that's where you do the pre-production stuff that I was saying. Mm, absolutely. I do like an estimate of like, okay, this is a project I want to do. And from previous experience, estimate kind of how much time is going to go into that in the filming, in the editing, so on, and the back and forth. And like Harry talked about pre-production, you know, super important. And that takes up a lot of time. And the like most things, the better you get at it and the more you start to understand about something, the more you understand that there's more to understand, you know what I mean? So, you know, we're all on that journey and it's just about putting together that that first PDF that is structured in this way that first of all gets their interest, second of all simply puts the idea in front of them and then it gets a little bit more detailed as you go down the page. It breaks it down. What camera are you going to use? Why are you going to use that camera? What lenses are you going to use? What locations are you going to have? What angle on the location are you going to have? What is the final color grading going to look like? What are the images that are going to relate closest to your vision? And so I'd go through the internet. I'd look at a few videos that really influenced me, maybe from some of my favorite directors or, or music videos or whatever it may be, and just screenshotting, screenshotting, that relates to that. Okay, I'm going to have a shoe shot that from this angle, maybe they're running, you know, and just kind of create a bit of a storyboard in there uh, which is tedious, it's a lot of work, but uh, if you want to get those primo ones and you want to get those leaps going rather than the slow process, then uh, that's that's something you've got to get good at. And, uh, yeah. Awesome. And sort of last question to get, like, sort of the young or the creators kind of fired up to get out there to kind of mm. connect with those brands. What sort of, uh, what's one piece of advice you'd give them if they want to kind of go for their sort of dream client? Pitching. You can be the worst filmmaker ever. But if you've got a good pitch, you know, people are going to be interested and they're going to want to inquire. And, uh, you know, uh, if you can't do something, bring on somebody else who can do it well and they're passionate about that side of things. Like for my example with with the Adidas jobs, I knew that, I can't do, I mean, I love music, love production. I'm in a lot of studios often watching them turn buttons and knobs and like, ah, don't really get this. That You get somebody else in there that, oh, bro, it's just like this. And, ah, uh, you know, and you give them the, 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 the reason to be as involved as you are in this project and give them a slice of the cake. Then, uh, you know, teamwork makes the dream work. 100%. Thank you so much, Bruce. Um, really insightful conversation from you know getting out there connecting with brands you want to connect with and you know keep having that confidence behind your pricing and even getting out there you know the importance of pitching and pre-production so i hope 
uh, all the creatives listening get some value out of it. So thanks so much for coming on. Absolutely. And if anybody is out there and interested in uh, any of the stuff we talked about, feel free to hit me up on my Instagram page, Better Call Bruce, or on my email, yeah, deadset.oceania at gmail.com. And uh, if you are a business owner or somebody of that capacity, uh, hit me up. Would love to help you out and add some value to your uh, your company and any projects. It's all about connecting and collaborating and Bruce is definitely open for any connection and collaboration. So definitely hit him up. See you in the next episode. Peace. Peace. Thanks so much for listening, guys. And don't forget to follow the podcast on all platforms as well as Bruce and myself. Um, all the details will be in the show notes and I'll see you in the next episode.